Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9 a.m. on the dot. 17th of February, 2023. This is episode, what, uh, 674 of Bitcoin. And I have boostograms. I got one from a PTAR with uh, 3,333. I feel like I understand Noster better now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. It's kind of what I was going for. Uh, And honestly... There's a lot of stuff to pull apart. You know, the more that I was talking to Jonathan yesterday or the day before yesterday, but you heard it yesterday, um, the more I realized just it, this, it may be a simple protocol and it is, but the way networking kind of goes, there's a lot to pull apart here. He was you know, one of the things that was fascinating about what he was telling me was the fact that one relay may have a topic. Another relay could have a completely different topic and another relay may just be a general relay. You know, how to, how the hell do you sort through that? You know, what, what do interfaces look like that parse that data? It's going to be interesting to see. Um, continuing on. Nick underscore dose with 1,069 sats without saying cheers (laughs) says, oh yeah, tell me more about Bitcoin. Rub it up against stuff. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Usually he just says cheers. I think this is actually the first full sentence that I've gotten out of him. That is awesome, guys. Uh, Mr. Man, uh, what did he change his, his name? Mr. Man shit ton of number (laughs) 1000 sat says i'm glad you're growing you deserve it iris is on android and better than amethyst in my opinion but amethyst is a close second okay i thought iris was web client so or maybe it is a web client as well i don't know but uh if you have android you want to check out noster give the iris client a try uh mr man shit ton of ton of numbers says it's 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 a good thing. Now, the thing that uh, I started yesterday's show with before the interview was some really terrible news coming out of Nigeria and then, you know, really terrible news coming out of Lebanon. And that's to illustrate that we are in a cult. We're in a monetary cult. Yeah, we and and that monetary cult it extends into every aspect of your life. What books you read, what news you get, what healthcare you receive, what food you're, you're presented with to eat. It's all driven by the economic cult that we find ourselves in. And that cult drives subcults like GMOs are good. And if you speak out against it, you will be shunned. If you don't believe in, you know, if you think the vaccinations were bad for you, you will be shunned. And even if even if you've got the, you know, the credentials of God himself, 
you will be shunned because you're going against the narrative. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the very definitions of a cult, that there's a internal narrative. And if you step outside that narrative, you will be shunned. You will be forgotten. And people that do not shun you will in turn themselves become shunned. And the more that I thought about it, the more it clicked, oh my God, we're all in a cult. Well, let's. there's an AP story about the goings-on in Nigeria. Now, considering the fact that this is, we're going to be ingesting news that is inside of a narrative, it has a very different flavor than what you heard in that video that I was playing at the top of the show yesterday, right? Well, let's find out from Shinadu Asadu, I guess is how you pronounce it. Nigerian leader defends currency swap as pain and protests grow. Nigerian President Mahamadu Buhari said Thursday that the country's redesigned currency would bolster the upcoming presidential election. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Really? That's the first sentence. The redesigned currency would bolster the upcoming presidential election? Appealing for an end to violent protests over a resulting cash shortage that has led to day-long lines at banks, business closures, and people unable to pay for basic needs. As he came under growing pressure to intervene after days of bank attacks by Nigerians who have failed to withdraw their money, Buhari pointed to the expected gains from swapping out the old Naira notes from curbing surging inflation to reducing the influence of money in the February 25th vote to elect his successor. Quote, This is a positive departure from the past and represents a bold legacy step by this administration towards laying a strong foundation for free and fair elections, Buhari said. Bullshit. Nigerians have been unable to access cash in recent weeks after the country's central bank started switching out currency notes of higher denominations of 1,000 Naira, 500, and 200 Naira with redesigned ones. Policymakers said the move will help make Africa's largest economy cashless and more inclusive, but a limited supply of new notes in banks has resulted in pain instead for many who deposited their old currency ahead of a February 10th deadline but are now unable to withdraw any cash to use. The West African country is heavily reliant on cash <clears throat> and only 45% of adults owned a bank account as of 2021, according to the World Bank. Yeah, that's another cult right there. The limited supply has forced people to wait in line at banks all day and night to try to withdraw cash only enough to last them a day. On Wednesday, week-long protest against the cash shortage crisis further escalated in Nigeria's southern region where two banks were set ablaze and major roads were blocked, halting commercial activities. In Edo State, police fired tear gas at demonstrators as they attacked bank facilities. In addition to the pain of continued fuel scarcity in major cities across Nigeria, many businesses have also been forced to close, further squeezing the informal economy, that's the black market, I suppose, ranging from agriculture to street trade. And that is key to economic growth. Buhari urged against violence capable of disrupting the electoral processes. 
in the election that would see Africa's most populous country elect a new president after his second and final term. Quote, unscrupulous officials in the banking industry sabotaging the court-contested monetary policy by hoarding new currency notes must be prosecuted, said Buhari, who extended the use of the old 200 Naira note until April the 10th. Quote, I am deeply pained and sincerely sympathize with you all over these unintended outcomes. Yeah, it's 100% bullshit. It's a cult. Not Nigeria. Well, they're, they're, they're in their own cult, but it's just a cult. The whole goddamn thing is a fucking cult. It's just, this is pathetic. That people have just allowed themselves to be walked all over for this long and now we've got a guy saying that this entire thing needs to stop because of the presidential process. Oh, that's the narrative. Free and fair elections. Where have you heard that shit before? Yep, yeah, right here in the United States. This seems to be a narrative that extends everywhere. Have you noticed that almost all news is political news? Almost all of it. And if it's not political at its base, like, I don't know, a bank robbery, you know, something that happened on the street, something involving 100% citizenry, it's automatically turned into, into politics. This did not used to be the case. I remember full well, not terribly long ago, and generally speaking, what we're talking about is I don't know. I think it's right around the time that George uh, George Bush Senior, you know George W's daddy, when he was in the when he was in the presidency seat, um, it wasn't like this. And I'm not talking because it was George, like I like George Bush. No, he's they're all criminals. But that was the time. So what we're talking about the '90s, you know, coming out of the '80s, '88, George uh, Bush was elected president. And right around that time, you know, it was completely different. And we weren't just all socked in with politics and free and fair elections and everything being turned into a political football. 100% of the news that I hear, see, or get a taste of is it's all political. It's a cult. And I would have, bailing out of Twitter has really helped me understand just how culty everything has become. But some people are still in it. Japan is firmly in it because they've announced a launch of a new CBDC pilot this April. Yay, Will McCurdy, Decrypt.co. The Bank of Japan has announced plans to roll out a new pilot for its CBDC program in April. And it goes on into explaining what a CBDC is, but you guys are not dumb, so we'll skip it. The bank does not expect any actual transactions to take place amongst participating users. Instead, only simulated transactions will be settled during the pilot as per the announcement. The bank will look to test both the CBDC's technical feasibility, which wasn't possible in previous trials, as well as to learn more from private businesses about how they're using the digital currency. Well, if it's a simulated transaction, guess what? They're not going to be using the currency. Jesus. The trial will also explore the technical challenges of connecting the experimental CBDC network with, get this, existing financial networks. 
and determine the appropriate data models and architecture for facilitating offline payments. The latest announcement is just the latest in various trials, experiments, and working papers from the central bank. Japan isn't the only major developed economy that is pushing ahead with its CBDC plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UK Treasury is doing one. Australia has announced one. Bank of America is working on shit. I, you know, it just the list goes on and on. But uh, you know, what I was saying yesterday still holds true. If, if Nigerians and any other citizenry of any other country in the world allow this shit to happen, they're slaves forever. Slaves forever. Don't be fooled. This stuff is bad. It's just, it's, it's bad. And I don't, I keep waiting for humanity to just say enough. And apparently we're, humanity can go well past where I thought enough was enough. It's, it's amazing, but you know, shit, it is what it is. Now let's get on a little lighter tone. You can ruminate on that shit later. Right now we got Bitcoin and Buddy Holly by Alan Montgomery from Citadel21.com. When I was growing up, my dad loved music. I would wake up on a Saturday morning to the sound of the Beatles or Queen playing downstairs, the smell of a fry-up wafting up from the kitchen. I remember a John Fogarty phrase where I must have heard Centrifield every day for a month. ELO consumed weeks of our lives as we sat next to the huge stereo in the living room listening to Jeff Lynne's magical creations, trying to pick out the most unusual instruments and sounds. ELO, by the way, is Electric Light Orchestra. As time went on, the music played less and less. My dad got sick and trips to the hospital to visit him took over from our lazy family weekends. He got better over several years, but things had changed. When I left home around that time, the markets crashed almost to the day I started college. I would visit him and find him glued to the nightly news, trying to work out what had happened. Whenever I stopped by after that, the house would be quiet. Maybe if there were visitors, he'd put some background music on. Tom Waits or Nora Jones or something like that, but never for the sheer joy of it, so loud you could hear it on the street outside. I think we've all felt this thing, this change that is more than money, more than, quote, the economy, whatever the hell that means. It's a change within ourselves and our loved ones, where the inner light within each of us has been dimmed simultaneously, so abruptly that it often seems like we were always this way like there was never any music at all. When I was much younger, before this all started, my dad used to love telling me stories about Buddy Holly. As a high school student, Buddy would sit in his car in the dark Texas plains with the radio on, listening to his heroes play concerts in far off places on stations only available when the local channels had shut down for the night. I now know how Buddy felt when he looked up at the Lubbock night sky and dreamed of something greater. I know how my dad felt when he would wake up early on his only day off just to listen to Peggy Sue one more time. I can feel it now. For the first time in a long time, the crackling uncertainty giving way to a pure signal. I can feel hearts opening and minds racing with excitement to see night skies filled not with darkness, but the starlight of possibilities. Sometimes when I visit my dad, we talk about Bitcoin and I can see the hope shining in his eyes. I like to think that when I leave to drive home, he turns on the music again. 
That's the end of the article. That's what a cult will do to you. Now, I'm, I've never been in a quote-unquote actual cult. I mean, we're, I've stated several times that we're all in a cult right now, and we've been in one for a very, very long time. But I've never been part of, I don't know, just pick, pick any kind of cult, right? Never been, never been part of an actual, honest-to-God, newsworthy cult. But I can see the same thing that this guy's talking about. Ever since 2001, uh, that's when the real shift happened. That's the shift. There's a lot of people talking about, oh, it was 2008. No, it was 2001. It was the very turn of the century. We were coming out of some fairly hopeful shit. The 80s were a blast. It had great music. The 90s had every bit as great music, and in some cases, even greater, because we were introduced to shit like Pearl Jam, you know, Seattle grunge, that whole scene, and Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden, and there were so many new bands coming up. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, it was amazing. And we were all hopeful. And then them fuckers put planes into the buildings, and I don't know who them fuckers were. And that's the whole point. Nobody, still to this day, can really truly safely say that they know what happened. We know the narrative that we've been given. And if you go against it, you're shunned. And then we had 2008. Nobody got in trouble except for the actual citizenry of the country, right? Well, go against that narrative and, well, you guess what? And then, and then what? I can't even remember. Something came between that and uh, the COVID thing, the whole COVID thing. But all of this is just, this is just one long parade of bullshit that's happened ever since 2001 that it was almost it was amazing it was like one day everything that i remembered is gone now i could be sad about it but i'm not because i'm hopeful we have the tools to break out of the cult i said it yesterday saying it again we've got the tools we have bitcoin we have lightning network we have noster what else is going to be built how many combinations of those three things by themselves can you have? It's, you know, if they were books on a shelf and you were having to do the math calculations of how many possible combinations could you have of these three books on the shelf, the answer is nine. It's three to the third. Because there's three books and they're all different. And if something else pops up and something will pop up, How's that going to intervene? I'm hopeful, man, but it's, it's really dark right now. And I can see it in a lot of people that people are getting sad. You're gonna have to pull that extra weight with you just a little bit longer. I know it sucks. It really does, but we're going to win. We're already winning. And in my estimation, we've actually already won. They don't know it yet. And I don't think we know it yet either. What about Noster and Bitcoin? Well, let's talk about it. With Bitcoin integration, Noster could redefine social media. Bitcoin Magazine, Stephanie Satz has it. Despite the rapid rise of Bitcoin-focused conversation happening there, Noster is not a social medium. Noster is a social-serving open protocol intended for liberated speech and communication. 
the main point of distinction here comes down to this tool's indifference, at least compared to many popular social platforms. Though the tech is fundamentally different from Bitcoin, more on this later, there's key overlap. Noster doesn't care who you are, whether you follow a set agenda, or how you'll feed an algorithm with attention. Noster acts more like aspiring decentralized tech that may, be in, that may incentivize truth with the help of Bitcoin. So what's the current state of social media? Censorship is used to govern and mediate many social media platforms and services. The guardrails in place may feel arbitrary to consumers, prescribing a set of rules that differ from a user's core values. Core values. <clears throat> Incentives are driven by the dollar, by companies run by fiat currency, which is issued by a government and therefore inextricably tied to it or inextricably, inextricably tied to it. There's increasing weariness of the algorithms aligned with monetary incentives as well as the entities running them that own so much of our information. It's easy for users to lose trust in advertisers and influencers alike as their motives fuel the platform but remain unclear. I, I believe this comes down to the role of the user. We're not always part of the collective that's building it. And when we do contribute, we may not be profiting fairly, if at all. On traditional social platforms, users who aren't bothered by censorship may still feel overwhelmed by bots and spam. Others may flock to social platforms for gaming and community support only to dodge and sift through scam messages. Algorithms are so in sync with our behavior and thought patterns that it's becoming increasingly difficult to separate the product from the consumer. We saw these sentiments unfold over the past year with Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter and how divisive that was. We've seen it in kickback after Meta's rebrand. Social media can be scary or divisive at best, but despite all of this, we still use it. So for connection, growth and building, where, where should we go? Of course, there are quality encrypted communication platforms which offer more shielded secure interactions, but I wouldn't define these as social networks either. They often function as vehicles for private secure communication instead of shared spaces. So is Noster the decentralized Twitter? First, let's unpack this a bit and explain what Noster is and is not, because to think it solves all of the problems of traditional social media may be somewhat naive. Noster is for developers. It's an open source project for builders that serve as a broadcast platform and content hub aggregate. From the architecture alone, we can start to differentiate it from Twitter or any other existing platform. This protocol is newly and actively developed. So while it tugs at the root of topics like free speech and privacy, the tech itself is in its nascent stages. Nostra aims to decentralize private communication and data while allowing us to interact in new ways. For all of those reasons, we should learn more about it. Perhaps in the way some of us should have learned about Meta before dishing out credentials. Yeah, no shit. So what makes Noster unique to builders? With Noster, data is stored on relays. Anyone can run their own relay, which acts like a personal server or channel. Users can be in charge of their own relays and run them with very little cost up front, but more on monetization later. Users can kick people off of their relays. 
Okay, yeah, that's true. But there are various relays that individuals can join. If a relay owner doesn't want to host a person's messages, that user can simply move to another one. This is a key differentiator from censorship on Twitter or Meta where posts and accounts can be removed or frozen for not conforming to the platform's centrally operated rulebook. Any user can build their own client, which is the program or application that hosts messages and information. Clients can be used to access the internet and broadcast posts or facilitate communication with the help of public and private keys. Nostra uses cryptographic signatures to keep communication secure. Public and private key pairs are used to encrypt and send data. Similar to Bitcoin, the Nostra code functions as a protocol. Yet it's important to point out that Nostra is not a type of blockchain technology. There's overlap. These innovations use some similar tools to accomplish different things. Nostra was made so builders can connect with the people they want to and broadcast information, but it's not the same as a globally connected blockchain-based network like Bitcoin, where all nodes have to agree or come to some consensus. That can work great for something that functions as a currency, but consensus doesn't have as much of a use in Nostra's social aspects. They simply use cryptography, but in different ways. So what does Nostra do differently? Nostra technology is modeled after a lot of social platforms in terms of what, they've, what they're used for, like broadcasting information or sentiment to others, direct communications and self-expression. Because it's decentralized, Nostra is more censorship resistant because it's not controlled by one entity, group, or company. Nostra can be used for sharing all types of content, ideas, direct messages, blogs, newsletters, or even some games. You can think of the Nostra protocol as a language for computers to communicate with one another. Instead of a post or event going live via one central server, it's sent to a specific indicated server and other servers can pull the information from there. Nostra uses queries to store data and that data is in a JSON format similar to the social media we know today. But instead of a central server structure like Instagram or Twitter, Nostra is open source and allows for users to choose how and where data is used. With Nostra, you can use your key to connect or to run a public relay to broadcast information or to focus on smaller, more private communications. There are options and the main point here is that a lot of these options are in the builder's hands. Using Nostr doesn't take up lots of storage of data either. There's content, tags, and key storage. Nostr is accessible because excessive storage isn't needed depending on your goal. Although this might all sound kind of complex, there are new terms and a lot to learn about the protocol. The technology itself is simple and simpler technologies tend to be easier to scale. Nostr could grow fast and there are lots of use cases. So how Nostra scales and adapts to our social landscape. Because this tech adopts a simpler structure, the look and feel differs from social media that tends to automate experiences. Engaging Twitter or Instagram involves a transaction of personal information for a smooth, unified, yet prescribed application interface and user experience journey. My personal experience using Nostra as a newbie helped further confirm just how different this tech is from any social media that I've used. There are trade-offs. I felt more self-reliant in using my keys to initiate setup and less concerned about data management or corporate greed. On the flip side, the UX as a whole felt unfussy but graceless. 
a refreshingly no-frills approach to social exchanges. I don't view this as a positive or a negative per se, but I think some users will have a learning curve. There's no Noster website or customer service to guide them along. It's grassroots in its reach. This could certainly be a plus for the Bitcoin community, which thrives on mutual education and reciprocity. The lack of bells and whistles eliminates trust and suggests developments on the individual and community levels. The Nostra community is fledgling, which provides ample opportunity for growth and renewed personal social strategy. There's also lots of exploring that a creator needs to initiate since there's a wide range of relays and clients available. Fewer guideposts can lead to confusion for some, but the trade-offs are freedom of choice and self-directed learning. As for privacy, users don't have to give a set of personal identifiers in order to set up an account. This is, of course, a major differentiator for platforms that store, sell, track, and centralize your data for corporate profit and or control. The Bitcoin Incentive People are hopeful that Nostra will allow for free speech, resistant censorship, uh, communication, and rich community building, which goes hand in hand with the Bitcoin ethos. Not only this, but there could be a monetary component built in parallel to Nostra that's radically different from how other social networks behave in popular culture today, especially when it comes to centralized algorithms and advertising incentives. Since clients can filter material by choice, they may create all sorts of different algorithms to do this. There is potential for monetization of one's hosted relay by charging fees via the Lightning Network and an especially exciting prospect, prospect for many Bitcoiners. God dang. Over time, we may see things like Fediments incorporated in Nostra monetization practices as well. This self-driven monetization structure can have major implications on bots, spam, and bad actors in general, both on the user level and the protocol level. In the way that Bitcoin's protocol discourages bad actors by nature of its very code, Nostra developers are actively working to bake security and honest action into its technology. For example, some builders are looking into implementing costs assigned to relays as a paid model that incentivizes honesty, and reliability via proof-of-work models. In this potential design, for someone to send messages, they would have to post collateral in order to do so. This way, if there's a bad actor, the reward could potentially be retracted as a consequence. Combined, this would allow for a type of social network that focuses more on building instead of censorship or centralized incentive structures. Bitcoiner values, such as sovereignty, privacy and decentralization and Nostra's potential monetization structure work hand in hand. And this is why so many Bitcoin hopefuls are actively setting up their own nodes and planning ways to incorporate Nostra into their careers and or lifestyles. Nostra speaks to the decentralized communication need that Bitcoin could likely never support on its own, even with layer two scaling, since blockchain technology functions best as proof of work cryptocurrency. Reciprocally, that uh, recip reciprocally bitcoin solves the monetary pitfalls that most social media inherent inherits who's in charge media is material that anyone can share and it should be up to the individuals and communities to regulate materials for bitcoiners this boils down to a recurring conversation around decentralization 
Individuals may find themselves abandoning certain familiarities like regulations or convenience in order to flourish on the decentralized end of the spectrum. When it comes to social media and communication, it's up to the individual where to draw that line. Some feel safer relying on a nucleus of control calling the shots, whereas Bitcoiners crave full autonomy despite the fact that they now hold more of the responsibility. Nostra is a new innovation and there's a lot to learn. There are aspects you might want to consider about this tech while doing your research and making your own decisions. Since Nostra is not surveilled by any one authority or watchdog, users may need to do more due diligence as they grow comfortable in accepting that responsibility. The Nostra protocol provides a stark, simple contrast to the high levels of censorship and guardrails that we're used to seeing, which is what makes it an entirely separate entity from, quote, social media as we know it. That's the end of the article by Stephanie Satz. It, quite a good one, and it's leading us it's leading us where I really want to see us start going is to, we've got these seemingly disparate, not to me and not to a lot of other people, but for some people, it's still a fairly disparate set of technologies. Bitcoin, Noster, Lightning Network, Fediments. See, there's the fourth one. Even though that Fediments is built with Bitcoin and Lightning and a couple of other items going on, it's still the fourth, you know, it's a, it could be considered a fourth element. So now we have four books and four, uh, four spaces. So we're uh, four to the fourth power of combinations of what could be built. As these things tie together, and this is one of the things that I was talking to Jonathan about yesterday, one of the, as these things tie together, what do you think could happen? In my opinion, we're already at four to the fourth. The amount of combinations and each one of these combinations can have many perturbations. And so honestly, we're already looking at the potential of an infinite amount of possibilities. And this is why I am hopeful. It, do I still feel a little diminished? Like the light went out a little bit inside of me? Yeah. And if you're honest with yourself, most, you know, you did too. Most people have. If you're one of the lucky ones that are just skipping around like nothing ever happened, well, I please come to my house and, and let me know how I can get there faster. But I don't really need to because I've got hope. I have Bitcoin. I have the Lightning Network. I have Noster. I have the potential to see Fediments start linking up into all this stuff. And God only knows what the hell that might do. I mean... Matt O'Dell has a piece that he's written about Fetty pools, and that's a, you know, Bitcoin mining pools and using fediments in conjunction with pools to make sure that one pool or even a, you know, small group of pools can't collude together to jack with the Bitcoin uh, network because they have more than quote unquote 51% of the hash. Take that same idea, apply it to sending communications through Noster, you know, like a relay of like a, a Fetty, you know, a Fetty Mint relay, Fetty relay. What does that look like? We don't know. That's why I'm hopeful because I can guarantee you whatever, whoever figures that one out is going to come up with something that's absolutely beautiful, stunning. And that's where we are. 
It's a sky full of stars. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. We got energy taking a bath today. West Texas Intermediate down a full three points to $76.09 a barrel. Brent North Sea likewise down eh, two and three quarters of a point, $82.82. Natural gas down a full five and a half percent, all the way down to $2.25 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline likewise down 2%, $2.39. Shiny metal rocks are mixed, actually not mixed, mostly down. Silver's gaining almost a quarter of a point to $21.76. Uh, gold is down. Actually, it's more like sideways. It's holding at $1,851.20. Platinum down a full point. Copper down half a point. Palladium is down 1.68%. Ag is mixed, however, but eh, man, there's just hardly any movement. Biggest loser today is cotton, um, 0.62% to the downside. Although coffee looks exciting, it's 3% to the upside. We got the Dow up 0.03%. S&P is down three quarters of a point. NASDAQ is down a point and a third. S&P mini is down a full half point. Real money, $24,222.19. Oh, hell yeah. 592,000 BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours. We got a 1.95 BTC average transaction value and the median transaction value is 0.015. And that is about $365.65. Block times are hideously low. Nine minutes and 14 seconds. 0.179 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis. 27.5 BTC taken in fees in the last 24 hour period. With a 2.68% rise in hash rate, we are at 338.75 exahashes per second. I heard yesterday that we hit 350 or 360. I don't see it here. But your shitcoin indicator is at 8.7 United States pennies. That's Dogecoin. So yes, the shitcoins are not going away. They're just not. I know you wish they would. I do, but they're not. We have to deal with it. We have a $471.2 billion market cap. That is, what, 3.88% of gold's market cap. And if you so choose, you may purchase 13.4 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,293,733.5 of, and 5,335.7 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $130.4 million being run over 16,167 nodes. And we have 75,977 payment channels that we know about. And 68.1% of all that shit's being run over tours associated 11,410 lightning associated nodes. There are 13,240 transactions waiting on 56 blocks to clear. Minimum fee rate is one Satoshi per V-byte. We are looking at a 12.2% rise in difficulty on February the 24th now. It was scheduled for the 25th. Well, not scheduled. It was targeted for the 25th. Blocks are moving and coming in so fast that now 
it's a day earlier, February the 24th. And it will probably actually end up being earlier than that as well. That's your weather report. It's part two of the news that you can use. Bitcoin Magazine starts us off. BTC Casey. CleanSpark acquires 20,000 Bitcoin miners for new facilities. Mining marches on. CleanSpark Incorporated has purchased 20,000 brand new Antminer S19J Pro Plus units, the latest generation of Bitmain's Bitcoin mining machines, for 436 million dollars. Bear markets are apparently where we build. After coupons, the company will pay $32.3 million according to the press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. This purchase is expected to expand the company's Bitcoin production capacity by 37%, adding 2.44 exahashes per second once installed. CleanSpark plans to deploy the fleet of new machines at its wholly owned Bitcoin mining locations in the United States with 15,000 of them planned for its Washington, Georgia facilities. There may be changes to that allocation depending on the state of development of the site and the pace of order fulfillment by the manufacturer of the release states. Zach Bradford, CEO of CleanSpark, said, Building and owning our mining campuses at multiple locations provides us with a level of agility and reliability that cannot be achieved otherwise. As machines are delivered to us, we will have rack space waiting for them at one of our sites. At least one of our sites. Uh, As machines are delivered to... Sorry, I got confused and distracted and something shiny happened. This is the advantage of proprietary mining or the prop mining model. That's in quotes. We exercise tremendous control over our infrastructure and therefore our ability to be highly efficient in the way we allocate our resources. CleanSpark's capital management strategy includes selling a major portion of its mined Bitcoin to reinvest in growth, manifesting in the form of these expansions. The Pro Plus is more power efficient and 22% more productive than the popular Antminer S19J Pro model and will be shipped in batches with deliveries starting as early as next month. All batches are expected to be delivered to the company's mining campuses by the end of this May, 2023. So Bitmain sounds like its uh, its ability to deliver has not, well, is getting much, much better. I mean, they were always, you know, honestly, they were always pretty good at it, but then COVID hit and then supply chains got crunched and yeah, it was really hard to get shit. So it looks like Bitmain if they're able to deliver 20,000 machines by the end of May of 2023, that's going to be a really good healthy signal for the mining industry, or at least that is my opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wild. It's wild. The SEC going after Terra sparks responses from crypto lawyers. It's crypto. Ezra Reguera, Cointelegraph, Terraform Labs. And its founder, Du Quan, are in the sights of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, which has sparked various reactions from lawyers within the crypto community. On February the 16th, that was yesterday, the SEC accused and charged Quan and Terraform Labs for allegedly selling, quote, a suite of crypto asset securities, end quote. 
While community members are not defending Quan for his actions, they are questioning the manner in which the SEC is going after Terra and its founder. Web3 lawyer Mike Salig, I think that's how you pronounce his name, posted his thoughts on the issue on Twitter, of course, because we're not off of Twitter yet. According to Salig, the SEC characterizes the algorithmic stablecoin Terra USD Classic, or USTC, as a security because it could be exchanged for Terra Luna, now known as Luna Classic, which is also a security according to the SEC. Salig explained that under this theory, nearly anything can be a security. Mike Wazazak, I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry, dude. I don't mean to butcher it. It's not, it's not out of spite, believe me. The general counsel for Alliance Dow also commented on the topic. According to him, SEC Chairman Gary Gensler may want, quote, complete discretion in applying securities laws to any transactions. Yeah. Justin Bowder, a partner at the law firm Wilkie Farr and Gallagher, linked the SEC's description of USTC's use to generate returns on another protocol to depositing fiat in a bank. The lawyer also questioned whether there is another non-security currency that does not behave like that. And in the end, Browder described the SEC's actions as wild. Apart from lawyers, other members of the crypto community also added to the conversation. Dylan Daniel believes that if everything becomes a security, the SEC will have to expand and scale itself. The Web3 community member hopes that Gensler has a solid plan. On February the 13th, similar sentiments were expressed on Twitter when the SEC decided to go after Paxos, claiming that the Binance USD stablecoin is a security. Many members of the community were confused and argued that users of the stablecoin do not purchase it and expect its price to go up. So there, there you go. They're going after, they're going after Duke Kwan. I mean, and the, the, nobody even knows where he is. <laughs> I, I, they can't find him. But according to Duquan, he's, he's not on the run. No, 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 he's not on the run at all. You're just, you're imagining it. Again, narrative. Um, the, the piece speaks for itself, but I just want to pause here to mention that if we can get some of the, some of the crypto, God forbid, uh, and most, you know, most generally the Bitcoin publications in this space to stop putting tweets in their stories and start using shit like Noster. And hell, even if you want to use stuff out of uh, the Fediverse, like you get like a Mastodon toot or something like that, please start doing that. And I, I understand that it's easier to get a hold of shit on Twitter because you're used to using it. You've got all your lists set up, you know, you get your alerts and this is how, you know, this is one of the reasons why tweets are so prevalent in news stories nowadays. But that's just lending credence to a dying platform. So I'm making a plea for all of you guys out there that are like using Noster and all of you guys that, that are out there that are using the Fediverse. Start hammering your favorite, favorite publications and ask them to include stuff that's not just on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, even though I've never really seen anybody, you know, I hardly ever see a Facebook poster. The only thing I see in news stories are tweets when they're putting stuff from social media in. Please start getting on Bitcoin Magazine to go find that same thing on Noster. And, and if you are somebody who's, who's 
just refuses to get on Noster and you're tweeting news stories that get picked up, you know, or tw- making tweets that get picked up in news stories, please consider coming over to Noster and doing that there so that Bitcoin Magazine or Cointelegraph or Coindesk or Decrypt or whatever will have an option and be able to go and get something of high, the same high quality, but from a different platform so that we can start nailing the lid on the coffin for Twitter because this shit just needs to burn completely down. Now, Wyoming, this is interesting. This is probably more of a 10th Amendment thing than anything else. But again, BTC Casey, Bitcoin Magazine, Wyoming legislature passes a bill protecting Bitcoin private keys from courts. It's now up to the governor to put his stamp of approval on the landmark bill. The U.S. state of Wyoming has passed a bill that protects its citizens from having to disclose their private keys with one exception. Having now been approved by the state Senate and the House of Representatives, it now simply needs to be signed by the governor in order to take effect. The bill states that, quote, no person shall be compelled to produce a private key or make a private key known to any other person in any civil, criminal, administrative, legislative, or other proceeding in this state that relates to a digital asset digital identity, or other interest or right to which the private key provides access unless a public key is unavailable or unable to disclose the requisite information with respect to the digital asset, digital identity, or other interest or right. That's the full proclamation right there. It does not specify that it would be only for Bitcoin keys. So it would also apply the same to private keys utilized as decentralized identities or any other use cases. Wyoming has been the center of attention in regards to Bitcoin adoption in the United States for some time, partially because of Senator Cynthia Lummis' ardent support for Bitcoin and push for regulations within the country. Christopher Allen, internet cryptography pioneer and executive director of Blockchain Commons, who previously wrote for Bitcoin Magazine in regards to the importance of protecting private key sovereignty, described why Wyoming has been a groundbreaking state for this type of, legisla- le- this type of legislation. Quote, Wyoming has a long tradition of good fences, make good neighbors, and as a small state, It has a true citizen legislature. They resonate well with the concept of self-sovereignty in Bitcoin and digital identity, Allen told Bitcoin Magazine. If approved by the governor, the bill would take effect this July 1st, 2023. So let's go back to that. Let's go back to what it was basically saying is that, look, if there's no way for us to be able to look at something through a public key, right? See, that's where it's, I don't really want to give my wallet addresses out because those are essentially public keys. That the public, my wallet address, if I send you an address and say, Hey, give me Bitcoin. And you do through that, through that wallet address, you're interacting with my public key. The, and you can't spend my Bitcoin with my public key. Only I can do that. Right. So there's, it sounds to me like what they're saying 
is that if we don't have, if there's no way at all for you to produce us your public key so that we can see what the hell is going on, then at that point, we will require that you give up your private key. So I'm, I'm not saying that these guys are, you know, like trying to lie or anything like that. I'm just saying that while this sounds good at first reading, you should read it again because under that particular, basically they can affect this. How much Bitcoin do you have? Oh, I don't have any Bitcoin. Well, sir, it's, we've been able to locate the fact that your identity is tied with this public address. You have uh, one Bitcoin in this particular address. So we know that we know it's you. Here's how we can prove it. And we can proceed accordingly, depending on whatever the hell it is that they're trying to do, whether they're trying to sue you or they're saying that you own property that you've told them that you don't have, whatever it is. Okay. If, however, they suspect that you have Bitcoin, but they don't have a public key for it. But somehow or another, they've got enough evidence that you have this thing. And you're like, I don't have a public key. I don't know what you're talking about there, your honor. You almost framed your honor. No, 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 sir. We, we are going to compel you to give up your private key because you're not proffering your public key. You see where this, this legislation has some, some, some failure states in it. Why? Okay, well, first, okay, well, let's talk about that for a second. If I, if somebody says, like, I'm in, like, a Wyoming citizen, and somebody in Wyoming says, I think you have one Bitcoin, we've been able to prove your identity, and it's in this uh, public, public address uh, that we've tied to your identity, and then I say, that's not mine. And they go, well, then you've got to, you know, produce a private key to prove it. Well, I don't have any private keys. I lost them all in a boating accident. Actually, I wouldn't even say that. I'd be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Private what? Key to my house? Or a key to my neighbor's? What are you talking about, private key? And that, that's a, it's not that that's a problem. That's just, the, okay, it is a problem. And the whole, the only reason it's a problem is because this is, I always talk about edge effect. And most times when I talk about edge effect, it's always like, you know, like a forest edge coming up against a prairie edge. And right at that edge, there's so much more going on than in the middle of the prairie or in the middle of the forest. There's more species, there's more insects, there's more plants, there's better soil, there's all manner of stuff that you won't find in the middle of the prairie or the middle of the forest. It's right there where they rub up against each other, <laughs> right? That the, the real action takes place. If human bodies didn't rub up against each other, there would be no children. That's where the action takes place. That's edge effect. Right. What are the edges? Or what's the edge here? Okay, well, what are the two bodies that are colliding? Bitcoin and asymmetric cryptographic key technology and the legacy legal structure are coming together. And this is going to be a real problem for the legacy system. If you're not careful with what you're doing, it can be just as much of a problem for you, right? Don't lit on. That's why I don't wear swag. You know, I don't want to get kidnapped, but I'm a public, you know, I'm a sort of a public figure. I mean, you know, I'm small potatoes, which is fine. That's fine. But I'm, 
My voice is out there. You know my real name. You know that I live in Eastern Washington. You know all this shit. You know, it's it's not hard. And and so I've kind of blown my cover. So's, you know, other, you know, other podcasters in the space. We've all blown our cover. Don't let that be you. And I'm not saying that because I want all the podcasting space for myself. I'm just saying that it's going to be easier for you as a completely unknown entity. Especially if you've never bought Bitcoin in KYC structure, which is almost everybody. I get it. But if you were old school enough to never have done that, you have 100% plausible deniability. The only thing that I can fall back on is I lost my private keys. I cannot physically give them to you unless somehow or another I remember my 24 word seed phrase and you put me in some fMRI machine and dig that information out for yourself because I can't remember the words or the order that it goes. If it's buried in my subconscious and you can get to it, then get to it. Otherwise, I can't help you. That, that, that this intersection is going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward when Wyoming, if and when they ever come up to a situation where they need to claim somebody's property because of whatever illicit activities, I don't know. And they're pretty sure that this guy's got a public key. It's going to be very interesting to see how they can compel somebody who just says, look, I, I don't have it. And like literally buried it in a hole in the middle of the forest that they don't even have a map to. They just remember where it is. How, how do you deal with that from a legacy legal structure? Do you just torture them at this point? I mean, in other countries, yeah, of course. But here, I don't put it, I don't put it past them, but it's as unlikely as I can imagine. It's weird. It's weird and it's going to get weirder. All right, so now... Now, Binance, okay, Binance is in trouble with the SEC, kind of, a little bit. They're, they're definitely being looked at. But here we go. This probably doesn't make the SEC or the CFTC very much more happy, nor the Department of Justice. Braden Lindria for Cointelegraph, Binance mints. 50 million true USD just days after Paxos is ordered to stop issuing BUSD. Only days after reports of the United States regulatory scrutiny of Paxos and Binance USD, cryptocurrency exchange Binance has minted nearly $50 million worth of true USD. The transaction took place yesterday, February the 16th, according to data from Etherscan, and also comes two days after Binance CEO Shengpeng Zhao, or CZ, said in a February 14th Twitter spaces that Binance would look to diversify its stablecoin holdings away from BUSD. Despite minting nearly $50 million of TUSD from the Trust Token Platform's smart contract, CZ had earlier said that the recent regulatory action by the United States Securities and Exchange Commission and the New York Department of Financial Services over the long term may lead to a fall in the dominance of U.S. dollar-backed stablecoins, quote, I think with the current state taken by the regulators on the U.S. dollar-based stablecoin, the industry will probably move away to a non-U.S. dollar-based stablecoin and back to algorithmic stablecoins, quote, there's multiple agencies being, uh, <clears throat> sorry, there's multiple agencies putting applied pressure there. It's just going to shrink the U.S. dollar-based stablecoin market, end quote. He added, CZ 
also said that, quote, this has prompted us to look for more options in different places and that they're now exploring other options. While the CEO stated that Binance would provide more support for USD coin and Tether over the short term in the expectation that BUSD winds down over time, he added that they're now looking to explore more into Euro and Japanese yen-based stablecoin. As the BUSDCZ said that, sorry, as for BUSD, CZ said, that, quote, the existing circulating supply of BUSD is there and SAF, boo, and as more people want to redeem, they will be burned, end quote. Interestingly, the Binance CEO added that he was never too bullish on the success of the Binance-branded BUSD stablecoin anyway. Quote, to be honest, BUSD was never a big business for us. When we started, I actually thought the BUSD project may fail, so we actually don't have very good economics on that collaboration, end quote. Bullshit. Interestingly, in September, T, T is in T, Trust USD, was one of the stablecoins that Binance auto-converted to BUSD to enhance liquidity and capital efficiency for its users. Other stablecoins that got auto-converted were USDC, and USDP stablecoins. This drove up BUSD's share in the stablecoin market from 10 to 15% in just a matter of weeks. Trust Token launched TUSD on March the 5th, 2018. It's a long time ago. It exists on Ethereum, Avalanche, Polygon, and Tron networks. For TUSD or new TUSD is minted whenever a buyer wires USD to a third-party escrow account that holds USD deposits on Prime Trust's behalf. Once received, TUSD will be transferred in a one-to-one -one ratio to the USD sent to the trader's nominated ERC20 or BEP2 wallet addresses. Now that's the end of the article, but remember that Prime Trust got booted out of Texas. They're, from what I understand, they're reapplying for licensure in the state of Texas so that they can service Texas customers of people like Swan. But now, well, Prime Trust may, I'm just thinking in the future. There's been not a whiff of this in the news, okay? It's 100% pure conjecture. Prime Trust is going to get nailed by the SEC for handling illegal securities. I, I think that's where it's going. Because like I said, this is the second part of the storm. This is the regulatory part of the storm that's coming. So the direction of the wind was blowing one way and that's everybody getting rug pulled. And then the second part of the hurricane hits and the direction, the direction of the wind is 180 degrees to the opposite direction of whatever it was that was blowing before. And this is the regulatory reaction to the first part of the storm. And they're going to go nuts. Gary Gensler looks like he's just like unhinged at this point. And it may be his undoing. He may, these guys are going so far so fast, they may horrendously overstep themselves and find themselves hauled up before Congress for acting completely outside their purview. That will be interesting to see. I actually think that there's a good, there's a 50-50 chance that that could happen. Because they're going to have so many wins because there's so much low-hanging fruit that they're just going to be picking apples and picking apples and they'll just be going, oh my God, all the low-hanging fruit and then fall over a cliff because they weren't watching where they were going. It's 
not entirely implausible. Uh, do we want to do this one? We are now at an hour and this is, yeah, this one's a little long, so we will go ahead and hang it up here. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Let's start the weekend with a joke. Dad says jokes. My daughter asked me if I had seen the dog bowl. I said, no, I didn't even know he could. All right. Yesterday was my second appearance on the Meme Factory podcast. If you guys are watching that, I was on for a little bit over an hour, had a great time with, you know, Sean and Greg and Bitcoin Becca and who else was there? Pedro and Rusty. And that's a great group of guys. And they always make me laugh. And it's always a pleasure to be on their show. We talked a little bit about Noster. We talked a little bit more about what's going on in Nigeria and uh, Lebanon. Uh, we hit some, you know, some other points, but generally speaking, what we had was a lot of fun. So <clears throat> go give those guys some attention, hit the like button on their YouTube channel, whatever it is that, that you got to do to help us all boost each other up the chain, because I had a thought the other day. We're going to end up replacing mainstream media news news and information shows like CNN, CNBC, MSN, and we've already won. They just don't know it yet. With the advent of podcasting 2.0, value for value in general, whether it's used in a podcasting 2.0 environment or not, now the addition of lightning zaps inside of many of the Noster clients, my ability to get paid for what I do directly from the user is now completely unbounded. Now, what does unbounded means? It, it means that there are no boundaries. You know, whereas before, uh, well, you know, I've got four people left on my Patreon page. If you didn't know that I had a Patreon page, I do have a Patreon page. Um, although I think I want to wind it down because what do I have to do with Patreon? I've got to, you know, blow out the fiat money every month and then take it over to Strike where it's auto-converted to Bitcoin. It's, you know, it's one step more than I want to do. Plus it's K, it's KYC. All the Bitcoin that I'm getting or all the Satoshis that I'm collecting through the podcast, people streaming me Satoshis, people zapping me on Noster, the more content that I can produce that they actually like is all, that's all KYC free Bitcoin flowing into my lightning node, right? This model we haven't even we haven't even scratched the surface. You got Marty Bent, who's over there building a media company. And he's got like, I think he releases three of his newsletters. Uh, he, I think he releases five or six a week. Three of them are free and at least two, if not, and I think the SAT standard is free too. That one comes out on Saturday and it's sort of like a, a digest of what happened in the week. But there's two that you have to pay for and it's a lightning paywall. It is easy to get through. It's 25 cents. If he has like a hundred people read that newsletter and send him 25 cents worth of Satoshis, that's a hundred bucks in fiat terms. Yes, I understand. I, I know I'm, it's very difficult for us to get out of this. I, I get it. I'm, I'm just as guilty as the rest of us. But and then you got Texas Slim. 
And he's got a completely different kind of media attention. We're all doing this. And it it dawned on me that, and while I always knew that CNBC was, a, you know, a dinosaur, what I didn't realize is that it was going to be me that replaced them. And I, I know that sounds like hubris. I, when I say me, what I really mean is us. It's going to be the plebs that replace this shit. People are going to listen to us more and more and more. We're the ones that are picking up shit like what's going on in Nigeria and Lebanon. If I were to go, if I were to go right now, let's see if I can do this. Uh, I'm just going to type in Nigeria, Nigeria. And we're going to go to Google. Okay, we're going to lose the, use the net legacy search bullshit, right? And I'm going to hit the news tab. What's the news in Nigeria? This is what the masses are going to see. Uh, the Guardian, dark arts of politics, how Team George and Cambridge Analytica meddled in Nigerian whatever. The Economist has Nigeria desperately needs a new kind of leadership. Oh, regime change, probably in the form of IMF or World Bank. Nigeria's elections have bigger problems than vote trading. Nigeria's Naira crash crisis protests erupt in Lagos days before elections. It's about the elections, people. Reuters, U.S. says it will repatriate to Nigeria about $1 million of an Money that's embezzled by an ex-official. Nigeria election 2023, the battle for Lagos. Nigerian leader defends currency swap is paying protests grow. We read that first up. Who could Nigeria's next president be? Nigeria's oil output rises to 1.6 million barrels a day. Police tear gas protesters in Nigeria's Lagos over cash crisis. Finally, at the bottom of the fucking page, we get barons who actually tells us about the actual violence that was occurring. Nowhere, almost nowhere in this stuff up here. You know what I saw yesterday when I was looking at Nigeria? Because it's not on here now. Let me go to the second page. Let's see if it, if it fell off. Uh, insecurity threatens Nigeria's democracy. Security concerns. Uh, hold on. Okay, it's not here. Um <clears throat> It was here yesterday. There were at least two, if not three, notions of terrorism and terrorists in Nigeria. Something to do about terrorism of the elections. See, it's all political news. Now, as this shit moves forward, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be people like me and Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent. Yes, I'm putting myself in, you know, up there with these, these names of people that are well above me. I get it. But other people mention me in these same circles, so I don't feel too terrible about it. But I mean, even if you hate Peter McCormick, and a lot of people do, I actually don't. I mean, I think he said some stuff that are stupid. I have too, by the way. I have said some insanely stupid shit. You know, nobody calls me out on it because I don't have the audience that that Peter McCormick does. But people are going to be listening to him because they're tired of what bullshit Google News, CNN, CNBC, MSN, NBC, ABC, CBS, Reuters, Barron's, and all the rest of them, including the fucking Economist, which is now just a terrible rag. And if it didn't cost so much, I would buy it to start fires in the wood-burning stove during winter. But it's, I'd rather actually burn the money itself, considering what it would be worth. Just saying. 
with the value for value models that we're seeing, with lightning being adopted directly into being able to flash somebody a hundred sats on their actual Noster note, I don't have to go to their profile anymore. I can just go to the note. I'm looking at the note right there and there it's a, there's a zap button and I hit the button and it opens up my wallet selection. And I hit wallet of Satoshi and then I give them a hundred sats or 500 sats or whatever it is that I'm pre-programmed to give. And it goes right to whatever, what, wherever it is that they put whatever address they put in their profile that is indeed being propagated to other clients. When I zap somebody from different clients, technically, theoretically, it should all go to their same LN URL or their like my uh, uh, email looking format for my LN URL is tearingfeet31 at walletissatoshi.com, right? That's what I got. So people from different clients, when they're zapping me, it's all going to the same wallet. If I get real tricky about it, I can have it just send directly to my, um, my lightning node but I like to keep some, some hot sats in my wallet of Satoshi so that I can just zap people and use my you know wallet from my phone. This has changed everything. We already won, we don't know it yet. I know it, but most of us don't get it yet. And, you, and even if all of us got it yet, you know who wouldn't get it yet? Mainstream media, they're, they're dead and they don't know it yet. So if you want to support people like me to continue to bring you actual fucking news. Like the fact that Lebanon lost 99% of the value of its pound in the last two years, then help me fund the show by streaming me Satoshi's through fountain, you know, fountain.fm. They will direct you to fountain app, which you can get on your iOS or your Android. You can stream me Satoshi's. You can send me boostograms. You can tell me where it is that I'm wrong. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on you about it. You can like chastise me for, for being stupid. And I'm not, I'm going to read it. You can like feed me actual news stories, shit that's really going on, boots on the ground stuff. And if it has anything connected to, you know, global macroeconomic stuff, because that directly impacts Bitcoin. And this is a Bitcoin show. I will research it. This is the way we win. If you watch CNN, especially through something like Roku or, you know, like a Dish Network, all of those metrics, the Nielsen, Nielsen ratings, you, they used to put a box on top of like one out of every thousand or 10,000 people in the country. They used to put a box. It was the Nielsen box. And that's how the Nielsen ratings figured out what people were watching is they were like, okay, one in 10,000 people are watching this and given statistical analysis, we can infer that and blah, blah, blah. Now you don't even need that shit. Disney plus knows when you're watching Disney plus and other people like Roku, they can sell that data. They was like, well, he spent 15 hours on Disney plus spent five hours on, I don't know, Peacock, whatever TV, Yada, yada, yada. And, and they bundle all that shit and they sell it to all the people that are trying to generate content to continuously kill us and destroy our minds. There are a few good shows out there. Don't get me wrong. Stranger Things was one of my favorites, but be that as it may, they're going woke too, apparently. It, it, that's beside the point. What I'm getting at here is that now with a NIP NIP57 
compliant lightning address. I can look directly on like a post that I make and see exactly how many sats that one post got. That's better than likes because likes are free. In fact, I think we should take the like button completely out of the goddamn picture altogether on clients and just have the sats button. And have we're all having skin in the game where you have to be able to have it. You, you have to pay at least one sat to upvote something, right? Maybe we even get a downvote. Maybe we even get a negative Satoshi where somebody is able to, like I, I you know, publicly announce on my uh, uh, profile that I've got 100 sats in a, in a wallet that if you downvote me, you actually get a sat. And that makes me, that's a, you know, even though somebody's definitely going to troll that, but the point is, is that that would make me a little bit more iffy as to what do I post. If I got skin in the game and people actually tag me on that and say, dude, what you said was wrong and I'm, I'm taking 10 sats away. You know, I mean, we don't really know the implications of all this. We don't really know how it would work, but it's, we're entering, we've entered into a brand new world and everything is different. And we don't have to watch TV and we don't have to get our news from the internet and we don't, we are, or, well, mainstream media internet anyway. We, we, can, we can rely upon ourselves and, uh, and upon each other. And if we can support each other and we can build ourselves up as a community, maybe the circular Bitcoin economy starts with media and social media and then spills out into products, goods, and services. I don't know how this works, but I do know one thing. The light that has been dimmed within me is growing brighter by the day. Have a good weekend, Pura Vida. I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.